Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bench with Carter Eckel. This is episode 106. I'm your host, Carter E., joined as always by my producer, Jeff Mulahill Jr. of InstaImage.com. We got quite a bit to talk about today on uh, this episode of Behind the Bench. We are going to start with wrestling. I know I've I've teased everybody for the last couple weeks about wrestling coverage. Don't worry. It's coming, and there will be plenty more in Wednesday's edition of the Nevada Appeal and Record Courier, where we'll have season outlooks for both Carson and Douglas Boys Wrestling. They were out in Fallon uh, this weekend at the Earl Wilkins Invitational, which is a setup of five duels or so. Um, so we've got results from that coming, and then we will talk about a bunch of basketball as those seasons really get underway, especially this weekend with uh, the Wild West Shootout and other tournaments going on up in Reno as well. Uh, before we go any further, though, got to thank today's title sponsor that is Played Against Sports, your best place to go for new and gently used sporting equipment needs. You can check them out online at www.playedagainstsports.com or in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center. All right, Jeff, into wrestling. I went out to Fallon. Uh, I had never been to Fallon yet. This uh, this Saturday, it, it wasn't as bad of a drive as I was expecting. I mean, I, it was that's an hour, so an hour is an hour. That's that's nothing too crazy. Um, got to see Douglas Carson. Dayton was also out there for the Earl Wilkins Invitational. Uh, you know, a little bit tough to get results here early on with track. It seems like I always have issues early in the season with with track wrestling here, but we do have do have some stuff to report, and I'll talk about kind of what. Their seasons will look like uh, Carson went four and one in those duels based off uh, the information I received and head coach Nicholas Redwine picked up his hundredth career duel win as head coach of the Senator. So congrats to him. Uh, it sounds like he may be a future guest on the podcast here at some point in the, the near future. So we'll see how that shakes out. Um, they've got, both Carson and Douglas turnout wise are up this year. Had quite a bit more uh, people register, and you know, as as any wrestling coach will tell you early in the season, there's always some avenues for kids to not continue showing up. Right? That that happens, much like in any sport. Uh, I imagine wrestling is a, is a little tougher with all the the contact and the the cardio and making sure you're in physical peak physical condition to be able to wrestle as hard as you can for six minutes. Which, if that sounds easy to you. It's not. Just go to one match. Yeah. <laughs> you will change your mind immediately. It's unbelievable. It's, it is honestly, you, I, I think the starkest reminder is when you see a 16-year-old kid gas out in two minutes, and you're like, oh, he's still got four more minutes to go. Like, that is that is uh, not not a sport that looks easy and it's it's not it's not at all uh, don't worry that's that's the last I'll, I'll talk about that but uh turnout numbers up for for both both teams i know uh douglas is almost fielding a full girls roster this year as well as far as uh, weight classes go uh, carson's got some some new wrestlers in the room that are uh part of the girls team but they are obviously losing two of their uh, big contributors from last year and, and those two uh, senior girls as well. Obviously, they do return a few big big names from a season ago that made made some noise at State. Uh, Lucas Wold will be back this year for Carson, A.J. Marhefka, J.T. Heaton, a few few others there. Coming back for Douglas, Sage 80 is back on, on the mat for them this year. Uh, Aaron Tekanzik will be another another leader for them as well. They had a, a couple of their uh, heavier weights not not come back, but they have some some new participants in, in those weight classes as well. I believe 
from talking to head coach Jake Fair this weekend. They have 55 or so kids out for the team uh, this year. You know, I don't know where that that split is between varsity and and JV, but that's still I think the biggest thing that both coaches were alluding to was the amount of matchups it gives you in practice so you don't have to continue wrestling you know the same person in your weight class over and over and over again you get get a lot of new looks and i think that's something that uh, both teams are excited about i will say this about northern nevada wrestling spanish springs is the top dog until they're not that that will not change until somebody beats them it hasn't happened since i've been here um spanish springs has been the top dog they will continue to be the top dog uh they are replacing a few a few weight classes this year, but it seems like they do every year, and they just replace and reload. So Spanish Springs is the team to watch uh, in the north for wrestling. Carson and Douglas both should make some noise this year. I know Carson usually does. Douglas, I think, is starting to move their way up up the, uh, the old rankings here in the biggest classification in northern Nevada. We'll see who else is, is hanging around. I know there's always always some tough teams out, you know, Reed McQueen, etc., uh, out there, and then you know turnout. If turnout's up in, in Carson and Douglas, you kind of wonder what it looks like in some of these Reno schools as well. I know there's some uh, schools that may be historically really good at certain sports and not so good at wrestling, or vice versa. And be curious to see how that shakes out the rest of this year. Obviously, very early. This Earl Wilkins Invitational was the first varsity meet for for Carson Douglas or Dayton across the board. Uh, it doesn't sound like from the text I'm getting right now that individual results were kept for this uh, Earl Wilkins Invitational. So the best I have are dual scores. Uh, so that's what you get this week. Don't worry. That's why I said there will be plenty more as far as season outlooks in uh, Wednesday's newspaper there. Neat event just uh, just behind uh, Churchill County High School at what I assume is the uh, fairgrounds or event center. Um Always, always wild to see you know eight wrestling mats laid next to each other. It just makes every space feel feel huge. But a good event nonetheless. Is uh, interesting to see Fallon for the first time. Uh, mountain ranges again in Nevada that I just didn't know existed until you go out there and you go, whoa, that's a big peak off of the distance, uh, and it's covered in snow. But like I said, play more coming on the wrestling front here uh, this week in print and online so be sure to check that out uh, again nevadaappeal.com backslash news backslash sports same for the record courier backslash news backslash sports we will have more firm for you on wrestling as the season progresses obviously helps a little bit uh, when you can get some more individualized results but that's okay first meet of the year get that out of the way there'll be plenty of art in uh, the newspaper even if uh, the the results aren't exactly the most complete Looking over into the basketball sphere where lots of games happen happen this weekend and you know it's it's tough to judge exactly where teams sit after five games in general but it's more tough to judge when you've got schools coming from all over the place to see what to see what they look like against for a north competition. If we start with Douglas, the girls are 3-1. and one. Uh, They beat Fallon 41-24, knocked off North Valley's 56-33, and then fell to Fernley 62-38. Don't look now, Jeff, but Fernley's 8-0 in 3A. That 3A classification is really good yeah. from, from the girls' basketball side of things. I know North Valley's is no joke. Fernley clearly is no joke. Then you're, we haven't even brought up Lowry yet, which you know took on Bishop Minogue. I know they they lost there, but... 
that 3A classification is is really tough and is is definitely showing what they are are capable of. And you know, I know that that 3A corridor is is kind of protected after all this realignment talk we had a year ago, but. <laughs> I, it would it would be interesting to see maybe some of these teams creep their way up into uh, up into the biggest classification. I certainly think they could handle it. Um, if if Fernley's beaten Douglas by twenty four points, I mean that is that is nothing to mess around with. And you know what I'm, I mean? It's early season, any given day sort of deal. But um, that is that is a, a matchup that that could be interesting moving forward. We'll see. I you know I'm not sitting my giving you hypotheticals that may never happen. Yes, but that's... Could you uh, have dreamed of 5A3? Yeah, right, right. Except it's instead of 5A Division 3 and it's six teams, it's going to be a whole mishmash of 5A and 3A, and we'll call it 5A Division 3. <laughs> Douglas will be back in action Tuesday at Reed, where they will continue uh, 4A North League play. If I ever say 5A North League play, just be sure to correct me or put in some clown noises after on post or whatever. Um, that'll be that'll be another good test for, for Douglas to uh, try to get back in the win column there, try to push to 2-0 and in 4A North League play. Douglas Boys basketball, this is what I was really talking about when I said it. it's tough to tell what what you're getting from from other schools around the area and i assume several of these schools are really good because douglas boys basketball is now oh and four after making two straight tournament state tournament appearances obviously as we talked about last week uh they played mcqueen to open things up in league play lost that one 72 69 jeff that game was 70 to 60 with 50 seconds left yeah. And Douglas cut it to 70 to 69 with 13 seconds to go. So in a matter of 40 seconds, Douglas boys basketball put up a nine Oh run and nearly, nearly stole that one from the Lancers. Which, which you and I talked about last week of the new, with the new free throw and the new fouling that it changed the game. And yet right after we talked about that, it happened. That is where you will see the biggest changes. Those end of game scenarios. Uh, I think anytime I, I see, somebody in a double bonus and it's the first double bonus and they miss the first free throw. it's going to be hard not to think that, like, you know, or at least as, as the team, not hard to think that that should be, that should be our ball, but it's a nationwide rule change. It's not, not just a Nevada thing. So, uh, hopefully everybody's on the same page now with that, but Douglas lost to Jesuit 79, 36, lost to Vacaville 60 to 51, and then lost to Clark, which plays in the four, a South 68, 45. So, Two tough losses and then a and then a competitive one against Vacaville. Um, I know Jesuit is always really good. There's a reason why we're seeing these four A five A splits down in Southern Nevada, and they're going to have a lot more competition as we talked about last week with 24 teams competing in the boys four A South versus nine up here. Uh, Caden Thacker continues to lead the way for the Douglas boys team. He's averaging 8.8 points per game, and then they have kind of a slew of guys in between eight and four points per game and i think really what they're going to need is to kind of get some some you know second and third options and i know they have those uh you know we're through four games so things happen and uh points per game and averages are not necessarily the the best way to view um teams as a whole here this early on in the season but finding uh, finding some offensive uh firepower for some other places and then you know as we talked about a little bit last week it's going to be 
where's the, where's the defense going to come from? Where are those big defensive stands going to come from? Because that was one of the things that head coach Corey Thacker was probably the most upset about in that that loss to McQueen was not so much you know how they finished or trailing at all. It was the fact that they gave up seventy two points on on defense, and that is that is not a not a recipe for success for for Douglas. I don't think they're going to have the quite the same offensive firepower that they had in seasons past and that's where they're going to need their defense to kind of help them out a little bit there but get some good looks saw some good, really high quality competition and i about, think that's about all you can ask for early on in the season it gives you a, a litmus test of where you are and sometimes that can be all the all the motivation teams need early on in the season Carson Girls Basketball has won three in a row. They sit at three and one. Uh, they beat Portola, beat South Tahoe, and beat Yarrington. That win over South Tahoe comes days after a loss to South Tahoe. So about a 30-point swing, roughly, against the Vikings there. Carson fell by right around 15 points um, in that first meeting and then turned around and beat him 50-35 to 35 in the second meeting to uh, split that season series. As far as I know, they don't play again. So... Uh, one one there we'll have to uh i don't i don't think they're gonna have a tiebreaker you, so both carson and south tahoe will just have to settle with the fact that uh, they have one win over each other there in that win over yarrington the most recent that comes from this past saturday lauren finnerty 31 points jeff she is a stud and is gonna continue to you know, I, it sounds like I, this is going to come as a negative to the rest of the team, but she's going to continue to carry that that offensive the the front front half of that that team, and I don't think that comes as too much of a surprise to anybody who who's watched that team over the last two years. They have seen what she's capable of, and uh, thirty one point outburst, I believe, is a career high for her, and I wouldn't be surprised if she breaks it again at some point this season. Uh, definitely had multiple games last year in the high mid to high twenties. Also in that win over Yarrington, Dahlia Keating and Anna Casares with 11 points apiece there. Uh, fortunately, those are the only stats I have at the moment. So if you're you're not hearing a whole lot of stats, it's because they're not on max preps. And uh, you'll be hearing from me, uh, whether it's on the podcast or via text message. Don't, don't you worry. I, we're getting after the stats this winter because they're super important, especially when it comes to uh, basketball, in my opinion. Anyways, Carson, girls basketball, will go play at McQueen Tuesday. Douglas has already routed McQueen by about 30 on the girls' side of things, so very interested to see how Carson's first league game goes uh, against the Lancers in Reno. Tough test is going to come this weekend when Carson will travel. You know, I'm not. It could be a tournament, so it may not be to Pershing County, but they're going to play Pershing County, who is undefeated at the moment at 5-0. and in 2A, so another smaller school in terms of classification, but one that doesn't seem to be uh, playing in its weight class, seems to be playing kind of a, above its weight class there. Uh, like I said, that is December 9th, which I believe is Friday. We are taping this Monday morning for what it's worth. Over to Carson Basketball, they are 2-3. and three. So far this season, they beat Sparks 62-55 last week, turned around and beat Wheatland in this weekend tournament 63-33, fell to 12 Bridges 71-63. Jeff, do you have any idea where 12 Bridges High School is? Lincoln. Oh, because then I looked it up. Then they went and lost to Lincoln, sixty-seven twenty-eight. So yeah. I guess I could have could have uh, gotten that far. Uh, no worries on the stats for Carson boys basketball. I appreciate you guys. They have those in uh, through four games, not through all five, but through four games. Uh, Mo Falls leading Muhammad Falls leading the way 
with nearly 12.5 points per game uh, for the Senators. He's averaging 2.5 steals per game as well as 1.3 assists per game. Justin Moore, 8.5 points per game. Uh, I believe he's the team's leading rebounder at the moment as well. Landon Hoff, 7.5 points per game. Jay Pith Banco, 6.5 points per game as well as 2 rebounds per game there. So they're kind of finding their little scoring bunch and we'll see if uh some of the other players you know kind of break into that of course as we alluded to they're they're figuring out uh quite a a new bit about themselves with all the seniors they lost as well as not having their uh leading assister last year in michael hughes who like we said last week and i said in the preview will be out for i guess indeterminate amount of time at the moment but they are hoping to get him back this season um but Close competitive game against 12 Bridges. I think, you know, if you're Carson High Boys basketball, that's about all you can ask for right now is is just finding ways to battle for, oh gosh, 36, 32 minutes, um, eight times four. I always forget the quarters. You spend time watching college basketball in the NBA and they all blend together. Um, two good wins for the Senators here early on in the season. Carson High Boys basketball will get into their league slate this week. They will follow the girls out to McQueen. Um, tomorrow being december 5th gonna be an interesting matchup if mcqueen's queen beat douglas already we'll see how they handle the uh snyder kids inside uh, kate snyder was quite the player to watch for mcqueen here against douglas uh 31 point double double had probably four blocks was playing any position was dribbling the ball at the floor could go play the center if he needed, uh, you know, six seven, six eight, wherever he sits at. Uh, he's also a sophomore. So uh, th- things to keep an eye on when you see some of these uh, Reno schools. He is one of them. Um, he had a really nice game against Douglas, and that was his first game of the season as a sophomore. So I'm very interested to see what he looks like the rest of the year. Curious to see how Carson uh, stacks up with, with McQueen. And then, as far as their schedule is concerned, they don't play again until they play Spanish Springs on December 14th, which will be their first home league game of the season. I think that's what we got so far for the uh, local area stuff. Jeff, anything you're looking forward to here uh, in the early portions of the season before we hit that that winter break? I I would like them to be at home. Yeah, really. (laughs) Really? There's been lots of games, but it's like, oh, come on. Just a game at home would be great. Yeah. Carson... The Carson boys, I assume the girls follow suit here, but uh, next week, home against Spanish Springs and then home against Reno. uh, Two tough opponents for sure, but they will be at home. It will be in Carson, and it will give give local folks a a chance to look at what what the Senators have. Um, The nice thing is, you know, for all those away games you play early in the year, in theory, it means you got a little bit more of a, a home slate lined up on the back end. And, and they do. Out of the out of the break, they'll be home for four or five league games there. The only road one mixed into the middle is at Bishop Minogue. Of course, there are some tough opponents hiding in there. Douglas is in there. The rematch against McQueen is in there. And then we got Reed and Galena as well. So it's going to be an interesting year in the, the 4A North. You know, I kind of... I don't think I'm going to share this with anybody, but I kind of had a pick of one through nine where I think where I thought teams were going to finish preseason. I already don't like it, um, <laughs> which is why I'm not going to publish it anywhere. Uh, and, and, and to be honest, you know, predictions are I've said this to, to people in person. Uh, not not what I'm going to get into. The prediction business for high school sports is not worth it. It's a lot of, a lot more headaches 
very little praise and uh, a lot of people calling you a hater. And so I'll keep those predictions to myself. Um, but lots of good chances to go out and support your local teams here coming up in the early portion of the season before they go into break. And uh, be sure to check out Wednesday's newspaper where you receive plenty from wrestling outlooks, the previews outlooks, however you want to describe it. But those will be in Wednesday's paper. Also have an update on uh, Krista Palmer coming in in Wednesday's paper there. She did did some big things um, this weekend. So we'll have that cover for you there. And a couple more feature stories coming this week as well. It's a little bit of a, a teaser there. I guess you just have to look to find out what, what those are. Um, but Jeff, anything else for the people before we get out of here? And my last final is on Saturday. Who's playing? LAFC in Columbus. Oh, it's your team. Yep. Your team. And then the Columbus crew, which have a really fun backstory for anybody who's not aware. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with that, but since I have a little bit of Ohio ties, I, I was, I was going to ask you about that because the the Eastern Conference semifinal was Ohio, Ohio. Mm-hmm. So I was... But I, I know some of the story. I don't know. Probably you were there through the whole thing, weren't you? Yeah, there was a there was a they almost left Columbus. Um, and then that doesn't even begin to get into what's going on with FC Cincinnati and their move up from the USL into the MLS uh, and to even get to where they are. Because they when they first joined the MLS, they were not good, as, as they, one would expect. They, they broke records for being bad. Yeah, as one would expect when you jump leagues. But uh, yeah, the Columbus crew. Almost didn't make it in Columbus, and that was in the mid-2010s, and now here they are playing for a MLS Cup. Yeah, well, they were behind 2-0. Came back and won 3-1. to It was it was quite a game. So they just kept fighting and fighting and fighting, and what I find most interesting is the kid that scored the goals for Columbus used to play for LAFC. So that, that whole reconnection with them and... They've got two guys that actually play forward for Columbus that used to play for LAFC. So be a little bit of a, of a uh, coming back together, we'll call it, I guess. And I'm seeing that game is 1 p.m. Saturday. Saturday. And is that only, is that an aggregate? Is that play two? And nope. it's just one game it's decides one and all? Done. Yep. Okay. And I assume they'll go to, you know, overtime or extra time, yep. penalty kicks the whole nine if they yep. need, if need be. Uh, if as I, right after I say predictions are not worth it, but I did clarify as for high school sports. <laughs> do you have a prediction for um, this uh, MLS Cup final? Uh, I, see, you're too biased. I, I, I am realized very as biased soon as on I this asked one, that. but um, it it should be one of the better games of the season. I mean, the the one of the comments that the, the commentators made at, during the game was that Columbus had to play an an, an extra time game in the semis and then they played an extra time game in the conference final and the coach looked at that as a fitness benefit and they, they just outran them. I mean, literally they just were running the whole game and just kept going and going and going. I have a feeling it's going to be a fast paced game, likely a lot of goals. So, well, that, that should make it entertaining for the maybe less soccer inclined. It might yeah. be worth a, uh, worth a watch. Well, and, and, 
it's in Ohio in December. So <laughs> it'll be warm. I'm yeah, just kidding. <laughs> exactly. And LA is, I'm not going to call them soft, but they're, they are a Southern California team. So yeah. Cold is when it hits below 60 for, right. for Southern California. Right. Uh, you know, I do realize there's a little bit more news before we get out of here. NIAA executive director, Donnie Nelson announced Friday afternoon. Uh, he will be stepping down in June at the end of the academic athletic calendar year for however you want to want to phrase that. Um, you know, I've heard a lot. I've also complained a lot about the NIAA, but I will say that um, before you go, you know, hating on uh, the man who's stepping away, you might might want to just be fully aware of what could be coming in in replacement. There could be a lot of changes because uh, I think I think Donnie has done a lot to to get. Nevada high school sports to where they are to this point, and I only have had a limited window. I mean, he was working for the United Blaze since 1998. Yeah, uh, I can't imagine how difficult that decision was for him to decide that this is his time to go. Yeah, and I don't want to. I don't want to report rumors or anything like that. But there could be some. There could be some significant shakeups, and uh, I think our our colleague Duke Rittenhouse maybe have said it said it the best on Twitter. But just a total pro. Uh, as far re- regarding Darnie Nelson, especially uh, as Duke put it, in his many many years of helping out us panicky media types, which <laughs> is usually like a last minute email of "Hey, I need I need some answers to this now because we got to go to print." And so that for that I, I appreciate, and um, I hope that the NIAA has a, a good thorough process to pick whoever the next executive director is. But he made made it clear to say that. There's still more work to be done this season and uh, or this academic athletic calendar year, however you want to want to put that. And uh, he will be in charge until we hit June. So I think on that note, that's going to do it. Um, thank you for listening to Behind the Bench. And thank you to today's main sponsor. That is Played Against Sports, your best place to go for new and gently used sporting equipment needs. You can check them out in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center or online at www.playedagainstsports.com. Dot com. As always, thank you to my producer, Jeff Mulvihill Jr. of InstaImage.com. And be sure to check out all of the local sports coverage in the Nevada Peel and Record Courier. Maybe even uh, pick yourself up a physical copy. You know, newspapers still still around. So you don't have to just go online. You can you can get one of those handheld ones, too, that, that feel nice. Uh, anyways, that's going to do it for episode 106. Uh, we will catch you guys next week. Take it easy. Take it easy.